Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Fiscal Frisk. As always, I'm your host, Zach Hunter. He's been here from the start, blessing our ears, episode after episode. You might be thinking I'm talking about Devin, but no, I'm talking about Chase Drew. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good start, eh? True. Shout out Chase Drew. Uh, Thank you to Chase for letting us uh, use his music. Uh, Go listen to him on all streaming platforms now. Do it. Now, Devin, the other man who's always blasting your ears is with me today. Devin, how are you doing today? You getting into spooky season? Oh, man. I live for spooky season. (laughs) Spooky boys everywhere. There we go. (laughs) I came back for the plug for you. Don't worry. You'd be busting people's ears, too. If you want to hear more of Devin, he hosts his own podcast called the Health Science Podcast, where he dives into the leading research in the health science field, and it is really informative. He has taught me so much, so new episodes every Thursday on all the same platforms as you found me on. To anyone new to the podcast, welcome. The Fiscal Frisk is a podcast dedicated to taking literature relating to finance and business, frisking it down and making it understandable for everyone. Frisky. And there we go. Oh, we're going to add that new Getting one. Frisky with it. <laughs> Devin is a health science guy and not a business guy. Well, he is a business guy, but for this sake, he's not a business guy. Not, not by trade, <laughs> not by education. Like I dabble. Yeah, that's he it. dabbles. <laughs> He's here just to ask questions and to seek clarifications when needed, just to make it more of a dialogue between us and not just me rambling on. Now, speaking of me rambling on, this podcast is going to be about inflation. I do lots Uh, of podcasts about inflation. Here (laughs) we go again. (laughs) It's just such a super important term in finance. And, you know, we use it for the economy. It's a key indicator on what monetary and fiscal policy, like what it should be implemented, like the policies around it and everything, right? So today's episode is, uh, we brought it up in previous episodes, but this is an actual example and analysis of it. So I think it's super important and it's kind of cool to like bring back of what I taught in previous episodes and kind of Let's make it relevant it in real again. life, right? So this is about how COVID-19 has it, like affected the inflation numbers. And obviously, as you've seen from the title, could have actually influenced it in a negative way. Uh, like I said, we did talk about inflation a lot on this podcast, so we're not going to really dive into the definition. If anyone is not familiar with inflation, go check out previous episodes, get yourself informed, and then you can come back. Um, we talked about in a previous episode how inflation used to be used as the key indicate, like the key thing. There is it was a great indicator about how well an economy was doing, and but because of globalization, because of other factors, um, and the biggest one right now, which is COVID people are really starting to question the legitimacy of inflation. And I wanted to revisit this topic because I saw this really interesting article. Now, the title is very straightforward. It is inflation numbers really are being distorted by COVID-19 spending, new research. So let's uh, dive right into it. Now, I know we said we weren't going to do definition, but Devin, can you just tell the people what inflation is? Do you remember? Inflation is the change in like the value of a basket of goods and services over time. Look at you. <laughs> it gets worth more. I don't inflates. Or less. Yeah, but inflation Deflate, is yeah, inflate. correct. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly it's just the rise or fall of prices of goods and services over a certain period of time. Now this uh was released two days ago. So we we're recording this on the twenty first. And yep. so that was the nineteenth this uh, article was. On October 14th, the Central Bank of Canada, and this goes to the same for the U.S. as well, released their inflation numbers. 
and two agencies within Canada. I forget what the first one is, but the other one is Statistics Canada. Stats Can is one of like the biggest agencies for <laughs> statistics. Yep. <laughs> and they said that these numbers are actually not accurate as what they should be. Now, when we talk about prices of goods, what are these prices and what are the goods? Um, they said that because of the pandemic, people have altered the selections of things that they would buy. We are not buying the same things, obviously. So the, the toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the official basket of goods and services that the Bank of Canada would, or even the Fed usually would have, like the like the CPI is what we call it, which is the Consumer Price Index. Um, it hasn't shifted these goods to reflect the changes of goods and services that we've used. So let me clarify. So like in order to calculate, let's say like the average inflation for a country right. of like whatever, they would take certain goods or services that, that are they used think are year representative over year of an economy at okay. that point. It's a snapshot. Okay. But because our economies changed so much, those goods are now no longer valid as a representation of our economies. Right. Okay. And then people have hopped on this trend so hardcore, right? Like Wall Street Journal already posted an article saying like inflation's already here. But then this really <laughs> comes down to the question, is it actually already here? <laughs> what is it reflecting? Yeah, what of? is this actually doing? <laughs> so again, we talked about this research was done by Stats Canada and the Bank of Canada. And what they found out was in March, April, and May leading up until now, that the Canadian spending pattern shifted in a way that the CPI, so the Consumer Price Index, um, is not reflected. So here's the main argument to put forward is that hotel prices were still on the CPI. They fell down 27% <laughs> in July, but were still included in the CPI. <laughs> Airlines performance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like this was still all in the mm. CPI. So they're, you, they're calculating it with hotel prices as if that's reflective. like anyone staying in a hotel lately yeah and then similarity uh similarly with gasoline air fl air flights like you just said yeah. this pushes all of the index down so this hasn't actually this isn't a real representation of what the economy is so did they did they and you might not know this from that but do you know what direction like you'd have, you'd have to do the actual math on it but like including that stuff do you think it would overestimate the inflation is that what we're kind of getting at is that the inflation we're saying oh my god it's too big but it might be too big because we're counting things that don't actually aren't actually yeah. being bought it would be change yeah because basic supply demand is if it's oversupplies oversupplied prices drop so it would actually be an underrepresentation. but okay. if it's too many outliers going the other way and say like there's a small reflection of like people that buy a lot of these goods and like those prices really increase but everything else, like the hotel prices and the other stuff decrease. Inflation actually might be really high, but it might hide because of the falling of like some of the really big indicators. Yeah. Like so it if, depends on the percentage of change from okay. like the growth to the what isn't shouldn't be. You'd included. have to look at each individual and be like, okay, the inclusion of hotels does this, the inflation mm -hmm. inclusions. So like if let's just say like out of the maybe they have ten things that represent and this is a round number, I have no clue. Yeah. Ten things that represent the economy. It's like if if there's like a certain sector that has like four of them exactly. and then another sector that has one, that one sector could go up. But if the others that have four sectors go down, the average would, so mm -hmm. you'd have to look at them individually. And that is like, the really big issue is what they're saying. Hmm. And they only balance the index every two years when what they change it. Cause obviously we've been uh, doing inflation or like targeting inflation for a long time now. And yeah. obviously a long time ago, there's things that we had back then that, 
people don't buy now or vice versa, right? <laughs> muskets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the musket sales are pretty down as long as I heard recently. And then what they're saying is that this index should try its best to use items that would reflect the economy. And like you said, we rebalance it every two years. So things such as like apparel, food, stuff that we always buy should be always included in that. So why is this important? And this is the main takeaway when what we talked about uh, in previous episodes. And again, I want to reiterate and like really nail, put the, what is it? Put the nail on the. Nail in the coffin means like finish it, but we'll just say no. hammer that point home. Yeah, hammer that point home. <laughs> same kind yeah, of analogy. Same thing. Inflation has a tool on productivity and overall economic growth of an economy. So say that your gross domestic products or your GDP grew 5%, but inflation was 3%. To get your actual increase for economic growth, you have to minus inflation to your GDP growth. So if your GDP grew 5%, but it costs you 3% in that same amount of time, you have to adjust it. So you only grew actually 2%. So if inflation numbers are wrong, it has huge impacts on economic decision-making. Like what we talked about earlier on, like for fiscal policy or monetary policy, right? Like if everyone thinks that our economy is going to crap or inflation is really high when it's not as high as what it should be. They might cut interest rates, even though the economy is actually just doing fine. So and that could make inflation worse. Like, you yeah. know, we could just make everything worse if, if you don't have the right information. Exactly. And that's what it just comes down to is they don't have the uh, right information. And the really big thing is I didn't even know this is apparently the other impact it is on investing. A survey to Americans, because this also, this whole article says it was reflective of the American inflation too. Like, so the Federal Reserve, so their central bank also didn't change their CPI because of COVID. And in a survey, American participants, more than 50% of people that they chose said that their investment strategy in response to inflation changes. So in like, because if like, if they think inflation's high, they change their actual investment strategy, which is, that's actually a really big deal. Cause I don't think people actually under really understand this unless you know business, but it's like, it's possible that basing your investment decisions on data that is slightly wrong, that could skew the markets completely. Yeah. You'd be have people investing in things that aren't as profitable. Like you could just further take, mm-hmm. you know, whatever economic turn we're, we're coming up to and just absolutely go the wrong direction and you have no idea because you think you're doing it because like there's this like again we're not going to get too much into this but there's market expectation theories there's so much of like the stock market market theories that we're just like we whatever we like information is presented to us right now is already reflected in stock prices so imagine if that information is wrong and technically, it's already supposed to be reflective in the stock price. So technically, your stock prices are either inflated or disflated because we're investing off of wrong information. Yeah. <laughs> so it yep. can have larger effects if people think inflation's higher. It changed their strategy on false information. And like this is what causes asset bubbles because people think things are worth more than what they are because of the information that they have right now. So it's just a change that it wasn't supposed to do. Just uh, to show you how much, like, I guess, trust we put on some of the numbers that they give out and stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, knowing. Well, it, I thought it was crazy that people, and then, like, this is a point later that I said is like, inflation's a good tool alongside other, other tools. tools. But I thought it was crazy. Over 50% was like, oh, I see inflation rising. Got to change my investment strategy. 
Like I just yeah, that seems a little. bit I thought that was a little sus, but a little bit rough. I don't know. <laughs> I think this is a good way. Uh, this is a good way to think about inflation and CPI. Um, so an economist for Stats Canada came out with this, and it's saying that you can't say that CPI is inaccurate because it does do what is it it is intended to do, which it measures a change in a fixed basket of goods and services. But on the flip side, so there obviously there's validity in that is like it can show change, but it doesn't show the percentage of change because of an unusual event. And like you have to add certain things because like we said about muskets or like 35 years ago, cell phones um, weren't on anyone's shopping list, obviously. Right. So like but now it's everyone has one. So it's going to be on the CPI. It's kind of weird that they update it every two years. I wonder who like sets that. It just seems like something that you'd want to update like biannually. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess they do yearly reports when you do a yearly update. Yeah, I thought again, I thought that was really interesting, too. That was but like I kind of get it because if you're always changing what's in your goods and services, are you really reflecting on what's changing over a year? Well, the changes you see between year and year just because you change the rules of the game, not because. Yeah. And then central banks could change it so that they could make inflation reach their targets or higher or lower, depending on what it is. <laughs> Start lobbying. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I get why it's two years because then you can actually take two objective years and then come up with a conclusion on like rates changing or not, like inflation changing. But I also like on the counter side, I see what you're saying it's, too. It's it also is kind of like I don't know. It would be ridiculous. Like if you told somebody like a year ago. Like with how well everything was going, yeah. Just be like, yo, like there's gonna be a pandemic, and it's like the last thing people would think about is like the CPI. Like they just right. Yeah. It's kind of like nobody predicted a pandemic. It's yeah. not like we're like, oh, we've got our master plan of how we're gonna make sure that these numbers are good. Yeah. Well, and again, <laughs> no one would have seen the pandemic and then the stock market completely recovering in under 190 days, and how the economy is pretty much still technically we're still in a really bad shape, but our stock market's doing so well at market highs, right? So it's just, we're in really uncharted territories. And I think that's really what it comes down to. And if you want to take anything like away from this podcast is I want, this is such a good tool. Like inflation is a really good tool. Like we said, it's a good indicator for certain things, but you have to look at other tools. Like you can't have monetary policy without fiscal policy. I hope you have everyone knows that from listening to this <laughs> podcast. You can't have one without the other. You can't have one tool without all these other tools. You can't look at inflation and then just change your strategy for investing. Like you have to use all the tools in front of you and make an informed decision. And that's what all of these policies, that's what everything is kind of based on is people are rational and take all information in front of them, which as we know, people, they don't. They don't. <laughs> So just when you look at these numbers, because, you know, like you said, like Wall Street journals and like all like some other like mainstream media will just be like inflation's back. Like you got to do this. Right. Because like people like always argue like inflation erodes investments because technically if inflation's high, your money's worth less. But like, so then they want you want you to spend more. They want you to do all this other stuff. But you can't put blinders on and just look at only inflation. I mean, it's a kind of a general awareness too, right? Like if you, in this case, if you knew how 
you know, they measure the inflation and what it's based on. Yeah. Then you'd have a better understanding. You could maybe have some foresight to see where this could go wrong. Right. And then on top of that, it's like you understand that the Wall Street Journal is a business. And it's also kind of in their best interest to, you know, stir the pot a little bit. Yeah. And get us a little bit crazy because then people go, oh, no, I need to go to the Wall Street Journal because they're on the cutting edge and they're yeah. going to save my money from going down the drain. Like it, it's, it's, there's always so many dynamics going on. So I yeah. see what you're getting at is I think, uncharted territory is, is the best phrase that you've used to kind of describe this because you really just no, you and have we have no pick. idea what's going to do and just because of the way that the economy works is back then it was a lot easier because there wasn't as much globalization or anything so inflation was an actual key indicator on how your economy is doing but like yeah. nowadays because of like how intertwined all economies are and like again so many different factors like exchange rates interest rates uh unemployment rate like there's like 12 other indicators that can give you the same information as inflation so you can't just <laughs> take that globalization is great i think a lot of people like globalization they love the idea and it's like statistically so many people have benefited from it but if there's one downfall is that it is so much harder to just predict things yeah you can't it's like if you know the rules of your game your country your economy it's mm -hmm. like great but then just like <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It, it, then it goes around the world and it's yeah. like, there's so many factors, right? And well, and think about all the technological advances. Like we said, like before, like 25 years ago, like internet, uh, like cell phones, all yeah. that type of stuff. Right. Like, so pre that, like the CPI would have actually been probably very steady for like a solid, like 30 to 40 years of like kind of the same stuff. We're like, now I feel like our economies are so changing and it really depends on your economy too. Right. If you're switching your economy, to like a different sector even or whatever like it can change how inflation looks for all of that so i think that's really interesting because you know it changes how governments look at monetary and fiscal policy so if you shouldn't go change your investment strategy key point to the story please stay calm you shouldn't do that based on one metric if you want to do it you can we yeah. don't give out financial advice but like boom <laughs> I got my guy on disclosure. <laughs> Just like, I'll call the lawyer up. Can't say that. <laughs> uh, I think this is a good way to end the podcast. Devin, do you have any kind of kind of final comments or concerns? Nope. Just keep listening to the fiscal frisk people. Don't, uh, don't be uninformed. It's a bad thing to do. There we go. Now that we're done this podcast, feel free to go inflate my boy's view on the health science podcast. New episodes every Thursday. My man goes into the leading research in health sciences. Shout out again, Chase Drew, for letting us use this music. As always, we leave the reference and my contact information in the description. Let me know how we're doing, guys. Any topics you want us to cover. And we always appreciate you guys so much for listening. I'll speak for this for myself, but Devin, this experience of hosting a podcast has been so much fun. Oh, yeah. So we've learned so much. And again, this wouldn't be possible without you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Fiscal Frisk.